Hello. I'm Bogey. I'm Brian. I'm Q. And we're Meaningful. An agency that helps brands find a meaningful place in the world. Today, we're talking with Luke O'Shea, CMO of Two Times You, one of the world's leading performance athletic brands. Let's do this. So coming up before this, how I met Bogey, and I was yeah. down in San Diego. That's how I met Q. And Bogey, how did you come to know Luke? I was uh, in New York last year, uh, and that's where I met Alex. I mean, her bumped in. We basically bumped into each other at a conference, and just you know, hit it off, and maintained contact. And I was so I was in Portland for uh, about twenty years, uh, and I ran an agency up there. Um, and then decided uh, that I wanted to leave Portland. And so I ended up in San Diego for about a year. And that's where I went. Q. With the pandemic hitting, I'm like, what a better time than now to move to New York. And so I just mm. moved to New York. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, so I, oh, to I be young and single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I figured I'd get an early start, you know, like what's yeah. the worst that can happen? At least I'm here, you know, six months, eight months, a year, two years earlier than everybody else. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm right, right in the middle of Manhattan of all places. And, uh, and so I was just, you know, looking through my you know, connections and Alex, of course, I'm like, Hey, well, let's, let's chat. You know, we have meaningful, yeah. we have this venture that we've launched. We have the podcast be meaningful. And I'm like, well, let's, let's, let's have some conversations happen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so really appreciate you coming on. This is, uh, this is kind of cool. It's mildly intimidating because when you look at your brand and the work you do, you're doing a lot of things well. You're doing a lot of things really well. And so, you know, um, we want to talk about your brand and have a conversation that isn't just for us, but you get something out of it too, you know? And so yeah. I yeah. guess for us, it would be like, um, we we kind of see what you guys are about, and and we 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 have an appreciation for where you are. But um, although we are asking ourselves questions, and I guess we'll ask them with you now, like with the pandemic and stuff, like man, yeah. how how is that impacting? Um, because we, we were looking at your distribution and and looking at um, the retail partners you work with, and and trying to guess like how much is direct to customer and. Mm -hmm. and probably more of that now and uh, so there's a lot of questions around that that kind of cross it kind of it kind of starts to step out of marketing and into operations mm -hmm. but you know nowadays with the internet I mean three sometimes all four of the marketing P's are internet so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. So, they're so overlapped right so yeah. I, I guess a great a great way to make the discussion like electric for all four of us is is what are your aspirations? Where, where, what do you, what's your vision? Where do you want to go? What's your dream? You know, mm -hmm. next year, two, three years. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a, it's a great kickoff point, I think. And um, I guess going back to your your first question around, or the first statement you made around the brand doing some things really well, and I think that's that's sort of been a strength of the brand. We've had, you know. The, the real strength since its inception has been product. You know, we've had really strong product and we, you know, created a, nearly created a category around compression wear and sports compression, you know, being one of the first makers into, you know, that high performance and benefits of compression. And it was all, 
you know, driven around triathlon and endurance and the, the performance factors. And it's really sort of allowed the brand to grow and, and put it in its position it is. And I think that's one thing we've done over the years continually to do well. Um, but I think one of the things that we haven't done as a brand is, is sort of evolve beyond that and, and have a bigger purpose, a bigger sort of you know, and it, it might sound a cliche in this day and world, but it's, you know, it's actually standing for something bigger as a brand. And I think that's that's something that, you know, me having known the brand since its inception, um, being a triathlete and being around the endurance market, working in sports, you know, getting the opportunity to work with a, an Australian brand and really drive it through its next phase of um, evolvement, but also bringing in this sense of, what's this change that we want to make as a brand and business in the world? Because you need to go beyond product. You need to stand for something bigger to actually, you know, do something this day and age. It's no good just pushing out. There's so much product in the marketplace and, you know, we know consumption and, and you know, sort of the issues that that arises too, but actually standing for something as a brand and trying to make a, a change to community and society. And I think, that that's one thing you know in the 12 months that i've been on board that we've actually tried to underpin from the start we've looked at the categories we played in and you know you could sort of sit there and go oh, okay maybe we do this maybe we do that but you're also coming up with something that's authentic to the brand so for us we've always known and you know it's no secret to the world that you know physical activity you know makes people feel good you know that that's the whole linchpin that's why people you know majority of people do it you know there's a, a performance factor but the majority of community and everyday athletes exercise for endorphins to feel better um and our brand has always been around that hyper performance factor like you know improve your performance do this it's really been at the elite level it's like well what about the other 98% of people that just exercise for feeling good and actually just sort of, you know, making their lives better? How do we how do we connect with those people and how do we um, get more people to do that? So we, we took a step back and, and about eight or nine months ago, we said, okay, well, what's our purpose? And essentially it's to make the world a fitter, healthier place. You know, that that's what we want to do. We want to... I think if you look at the statistics around obesity rates, especially here in Australia, and I'm sure it's the same in the US, some of those statistics are so alarming, especially between kids between the ages of 13 and 18. Like I think predictions in Australia that 65% um, of uh, children between 13 and 18 by 2023 will be classified as obese. Like that is an absolutely hor horrific statistic. and. Mm -hmm. You know, you sort of think, well, what kind of pressures does that put on, you know, healthcare systems, oh, um, yeah. you know, and, and long-term longevity? Like it's just, and you know, like essentially the more people exercising, the better for our brand. You know, that that's the, the crux of it. So it's like, well, okay, how do we, how do we as a brand actually stand for this purpose of creating a fitter, healthier world? And when we looked at it, we go, okay, there's one aspect, which is physical, which is, you know, getting more people to exercise, you know, getting people out there, no matter, how what you do um you know like if it's walking if it's running if it's triathlon just just get out there and start you know just just make an effort to start so that's one aspect the other side was looking at going well there are other aspects of being fitter and healthier and this whole mental and social side of things as well so bringing in a lot more about mental wellness and social wellness and and really using those three linchpins as what the brand stands for so really going beyond product and this performance status that we've had 
and going, well, we're here to make the world a fitter, healthier place physically, socially and mentally. And, and that drives everything we do from product to partnerships to our athletes and really giving you know, our wider community something bigger to stand for. And you know, for, for us, we have obviously commercial goals in two to three years. But from a, a brand perspective, it's actually to try and reverse those obesity rates and, and get more people exercising. That's the big aim for us. That is, that's, you know, look, that's one thing that is not talked about enough in the US at least, is exactly what you said. I think a lot of the times, you know, with all the talk about COVID-19 and, and the high death rates here, yeah. the one thing that the government, well, let's just forget the government. But the, the one thing that <laughs> <laughs> we unanimously agree with you on that. Yeah, I think we're all like-minded. Um, yeah. But one thing that nobody really is talking about as far as people of authority is exactly what you said. People's health are not that good to begin with, you know. Yeah. Obesity and all these pre-existing conditions are such a big factor to our death rates. You know, it's interesting because as I hear you talk, Luke, you know, it, it, there's so many, uh, I don't want to say big concepts, like deep concepts, you know, like, like the idea, you said the word endurance and stuff. And part of that is, especially to a triathlete, is the perseverance, like the breaking yeah. through. And I know that's, yeah. that's part of your messaging about the finish lines. And, and uh, we can see that, that personalizing the finish line, the way you have some, you know, soliciting people to, to kind of contribute what their finish line is. And it is, yeah. it, it is kind of democratizing that idea that everybody has a finish line, right? And, yeah. and so that's all. And, you know, I'm thinking back in, in, in the things I've worked on where, um, you know, there's a point I worked on uh, Powerade, the, the Coca-Cola yeah. brand. And yeah. they technically, they had 33% uh, more electrolytes than Gatorade. Yeah. Nobody knew that, but... And, and they had a great tagline that we inherited, keep playing. And Gatorade obviously owned the professional niche. I mean, they were all over that with a, with a mm. ton of uh, money. And, and uh, so, so what can Powerade do? And we went to the other end to the people who, who, who play, you know, not for money and not for accolades, but, but they play there's a real pure passion in it. Um, mm. Whether they're 80 year old guys playing soccer, you know, on the beach, you know, yeah. Italian guys, cause I've, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or when we were kids, right. We're running around the bases with flashlights and the parents are yeah. calling us to come in and we don't want to come in. We don't want to end. This yeah. is a triple header. And we're still playing. Yeah. And so th that, that notion of keep playing as an ethos, I think, mm. and that's really what you, what at the core of what you're talking about. And, and the spot I wanted to do and didn't do was um, you may be you may be old enough I don't know uh, to remember uh, ABC World of Sports the thrill of victory yeah. and he had defeat. Yeah. it was it was young athletes um, you know little league pop Warner ASO soccer high school um, at the moment seeing them in the moment of defeat mm. they lost the game they're on their knees you know they're crying be, being consoled um mud sweat just the moment the agony of defeat and and it was about there's always the next pitch the next down the mm -hmm. next inning yeah. the next the next 
game the next season and it just said keep playing yeah and it's just it's just that transcends athletics yeah it's about an ethos you know and i think to to make a wild now transition over to lawn and garden was working on uh, miracle grow and tried to posit this idea that people who grow things are different than people who don't mm. And that's technically true because largely because of the serotonin in the soil, <laughs> but it makes you happier. Um, you yeah. sleep better, you're more creative and the whole bunch of actual statistics. And so it was that idea of, of not just what you grow in the ground, but what grows in you. And, mm. and so that played out again, they didn't have the balls to do it, but um, to send a guerrilla team down to Washington DC because our Congress is so dysfunctional. So it was a little miracle grow gardening kits to every member of Congress so they could be a little more optimistic, more collaborative, more creative, <laughs> right? But yeah. it's, so I think it's a rich area, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a rich area if you can really figure out how to uniquely own that. I'm curious, let me jump in. I'm curious because we, we do see this concept of finish lines are everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, I guess from a, a, a branding perspective, the, you know, I'll sort of go back, like, as I said, 12 months ago, you know, historically the brand has probably pushed out different brand positionings. You know, it sort of stood for something different and, you know, it didn't really have that, you know, like that sort of connection to, to what it stood for as a brand, you know, it would be, you know, like everyone knew it made great compression wear, but what is it actually trying to do? What What's our message there? You know, like most great brands have a, a really consistent message about, you know, what, you know, a I don't want to say a tagline, but yeah, that's what it is. It's, it's basically going, how do I, you know, what do I think of when I see that brand? So as I mentioned before, we, we, we've probably done a great job about talking to that elite athlete and you know um, we have some great athlete partnerships that have been with us for you know um, a long time and and you know they have great um, uh, trust in in our product and and you know that that's all well and good but it's like well not everyone races not everyone does Kona Ironman not everyone does a marathon so mm -hmm. you know what, like everyone has their own different finish line. And, and as I said, it might be getting out of bed at 5am walking once a week. It might be one more rep in the gym. It might be just going for a walk at lunchtime. And, you know, in the last six months, we've definitely seen, you know, the, the, the sort of different finish lines come out there, you know, in, in Melbourne, you know, for six months, one hour of exercise a day. So, you know, the, it's how vital that is, but it's all about celebrating your finish line, no matter where it is. Like, a race is one finish line. It's not the be all and end all. It's it's those little moments. And, you know, talking to our athletes, it's those little moments that build up to it. Yes, that's the, the sort of finish line you're aiming for, but it's each day you wake up and you've got sessions to complete. You know, each one of those sessions has its own little mini finish lines in it. So it's celebrating those little moments that actually lead to the bigger ones and, and connecting those little moments to, you know, the more everyday athlete, because sometimes we position these elite athletes that they don't connect with the everyday because it's like well that's not obtainable for me because that person is you know they've been doing the sport for 20 years you know they're genetically blessed you know they just you know they've got access to this kind of you know coaches and and product and support so it's really sort of um 
minimizing that disconnect between the elite and the everyday person. And I, we've found that since we've gone to market and gone to our partners with it, it's actually our elite athletes that have actually started to go back to those. It was interesting what you said, Brian, that sort of love of the sport and the love of competing. And, and especially in the last six months when they've had no events to really race, you know, who, you know, pro athletes, especially triathletes are so driven by races. They've actually fallen back in love with the reason why they did the sport in the first place, you know, like fun, enjoyment, fitness, community, all these things have come back to the foray for them. And it's those things that underpin the everyday athlete. So it's really connecting those things that we enjoy about sport and activity and, and chasing those little finish lines to everyone. I'm married to a person who does triathlons and yeah. she also put up events for triathletes. Yeah. And now our world is completely changed. Exactly what you said. Look, I was telling Brian and Bogie, I think we're all active, you know, I, you know, we, mm. we surf and run and bike and all kinds of things. Uh, but what you said is exactly what's happening. Like she's training at home now, you know, everyone, mm. you know, all the pro athletes who live here locally in Encinitas or San Diego uh, are doing their own regiments. You know, there's no yeah. races. So yeah. uh, in some ways, it's helping them get uh, even better, I feel like. So, yeah. They're like in yeah. their own personal goal. Like what mm. you said, the love of the sport or the passion that you have for, for being active or doing triathlons in particular, some of them are actually beating their own records, you know, but yeah. there's no one to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that goes back to it. I think, you know, especially... I think any pro athlete, like, you know, if they make it to the top, yeah, it's great to have crowds or, you know, to celebrate that. But, you know, they, they spend a lot of their time playing in front of no one, especially triathletes. You know, a lot of the training is done by yourself. So you, you need to have these, this inner drive to, to get up every day and, and commit to that. And I think it's, you know, sort of dedication and looking at it as a job can only get you so far. You need to love what you're doing and you need to enjoy it and you need to, enjoy the community you're in and i think that's there's, there's probably been a i think every athlete goes through goes through it at some stage where they fall out of love with the sport they do because it becomes like a job it, you know they they sort of forget why they got into the sport for the first time and as i said like you know when we went to our athletes with this positioning like i, I just don't think i've i've seen athletes come back with such a yeah i've actually I, i've forgotten that they'd, they'd forgotten why they got into the sport and they go I want to, you know, and they all want to give back. They go, I, I love the fact that we're looking at physical, mental and social. It's like, I've been wanting to try and do something like this forever. And like, you know, a lot of our, as I said, guys that have been with us for a little bit longer, you know, if they're at the twilight of the career and now looking at going, well, how can I make an impact? And now that we're the brand that can do that, you know, you see their enthusiasm and their, um, I guess their energy just lift to another level, which is amazing. So we were in the market for a bunch of stuff, like an electric bike. This stuff is yeah. all sold out and it's all back order. You yeah. know, like dumbbells are back order. Um, yeah. All kinds of people want to have like access to exercise equipment in the US mm. and it's really hard to find one. Yeah. How's that affecting, how, how's that affecting your business? Are you guys finding more people wanting equipment and like, are, is, have the sales gone up because of the pandemic? 
Um, oh, we've, we've definitely seen an uplift in some channels. Um, I think, um, you know, if, if we look at it from a holistic standpoint, obviously e-commerce is the easiest channel for people to access product at the moment. So we've definitely seen an uplift in that area, but but only in saying that only in certain countries, um, you know, like we've, we've, we've seen a, a spike in Australia when, you know, everyone was working out from home, everyone wanted to be active, everyone wanted active wear and, and it, it, it did spike. Um, we've seen some growth in Southeast Asia and our Asian countries. Um, you know, and, and frankly speaking, in the US, we probably haven't seen the same spike. Um, I think, you know, that's a lot to do with brand awareness. Um, I think we're very well known in Australia, obviously being an Australian brand, but we haven't probably done a great job in telling our brand story uh, beyond product in the US. And I think that sort of ties back to, you know, standing for something bigger and sort of evolved in the community. Because I think this day and age, you need to have that authenticity at the community level to drive your brand. But, um, you know, we've definitely seen a spike in some areas, obviously with, with retail stores in Australia, majority are closed. So we've definitely seen a decline in that area, but you know, our wholesale channels are doing well with many of our uh, major wholesale partners, you know, shifting into a click and collect model or, you know, really ramping up their e-com efforts. So we've definitely seen this movement from, you know, people increasing their exercise. Um, I guess it's, you know, it's yet to be seen whether those habits will stay um, and that will continue. And I think we're still yet to see, you know, that sort of six to 12 months impact in, in the North America or even Europe and, and to see what they're like. You know, Europe's an interesting one around, you know, each country is so different. Like, and, you know, going into, you know, lockdown phase two for many of them now. So, you know, what's going to be the impact of that? And, um, you know, going back to our initial sort of thoughts around, you know, going back into lockdown and the mental and social impact of that. So what can we do as a brand that goes beyond product to enable people to, to do that? Is it, you know, content? Is it community? Is it, you know, ways that we can engage people to, to, to make sure that they're taking that, you know, hour a day to disconnect because it's very easy just to sit in front of this screen from 8 a.m. through to 5 p.m. and, you know, not disconnect. and. So, you know, like hope, hopefully that would, would see it. But yeah, we, we have seen a, a, a bit of a spike in, in some areas. But, you know, as I said, whether that continues on when things open up, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in summer here in Australia as we hit, hit that. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's, it's been an interesting six months from a, a commercial standpoint for sure. <laughs> so I, I had a funny idea when I was thinking about endurance and you were talking about community involvement. And um, so in America, especially in the South, Southern states, um, people are standing in line for like uh, <laughs> hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. That would be, that would be, a, that would be a place for a brand that's about endurance and getting to the finish line <laughs> it has nothing to yeah. do with that, but it makes sense. It connects yeah. in a way. Yeah. As you said, endurance is a funny one because I think, um, yeah, it can, it can mean so many different things. Like it's just endure as a word, like, you know, endurance for, for us has probably been associated with the sport of triathlon, but endurance right. is about enduring, you know, that, that constant struggle. And as you said, it, it can be connected with so many things and, Funnily enough, if you're standing on your feet for 10 hours, 
Yeah, that's being active, isn't it? Like, you know, that's, you know, and the finish line, as you said, is just having your vote. <laughs> well, and it is, and it speaks that you brought up, you brought up the idea of, you know, losing, losing the joy, um, you know, that passion. I think before we got on the call, we were talking about passion and, and how um, somewhere recently, somebody clarified beautifully that like that, you, you don't try to find your life's passion because it's going to be some panacea and every day is going to be rosy and you're going to love going to work. The passion is, is what gets you through mm. the mundanity, the drudgery, the valleys, mm. right? That's what keeps you engaged and keeps you, you know, enduring, getting to the finish line um, mm. is the passion. And as an athlete, I imagine, boy, if you lose that, there's no gas in your tank. There's just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, so it, it's very much a, a psychological space, which is, which is rich. I think, you know, another thing we were talking about, I think right as you came on, you were hearing the tail end of some, you know, I was, I was being a pundit or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, no surprise, right? Um, but we were, we were talking about the, the whole space, you know, it's kind of this, you're, you're kind of caught in this trap, if you will, that like this idea of being, uh, you know, a high performance athlete being driven, uh, send you into by necessity into hyperbole, right? It's the hundred and hundred and ten percent, you know. Um, you know, if it's that kind of, you know, if you don't if you don't come in on Saturday, don't bother coming in on Sunday. It's that kind of over yeah. the top kind of driven yeah. world yeah. space, and and yet that gets tired, right? Because people mm. have been banging that drum, you know. Um, we were talking about how brilliant the very first Nike spot uh, that widened it for, um, for Just Do It was um, so relatable, even though it was mm -hmm. hyperbolic. And it was this great blend that, that you know, the, the alarm going off at 4.15 a.m., pitch dark, the, the radio yeah. announcer voice says, it's nasty out there, you don't want to go out, it's raining cats and dogs, <laughs> if you could stay home, stay home. And you see this girl putting on her running stuff and goes out into the shit. Yeah. And it says, just do it. I mean, that's like brilliant, yeah. right? It hits, yeah. it hits, it just, it just toes that line perfectly. And um, we, we were looking at that going like, how do you, how do you not dial down the intensity, but, but dial up the relatability, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, go, going back to that point, I think, you know, I, I've been in sports marketing for a while and we've always, you know, you, you celebrate the, the elite athletes and about performance and, you know, the, you, you put them on a pedestal and, yes, they deserve to be on a pedestal because the commitment and dedication it takes to, to make it in any sport is amazing. And you see, when you see these people work out, you, got, you, get, you are in awe. But it, it's... As you said, it's, it's really driving that relatability to the everyday person because, you know, you speak to a, tri a pro triathlete, they don't have to get up before 8 a.m. You know, they, 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 they train in what you call pro hours. Like, you know, if you're a, if you are, if you're a working person that loves Ironman, you're, you're up at four. You've done three hours of training before you even had breakfast and gone to work. Like, they don't even know what that's like. You know, like, and it's, it's, it's sort of reducing that that disconnect, as I said, like, and I think the last six months has really given us an opportunity to probably tell 
more real stories as a brand because as I said, we've been very performance focused, very like, you know, we celebrate performances, but we never celebrate defeats. As you said, like, you know, really that that spot of a kid getting defeated, there's gonna be a next one. We've never shown that vulnerability from a pro athlete. Like it's always been about, well, if they don't win, we won't post a picture. Like, you know, oh, if they don't make it to the race start, we won't talk about them. And it's like, you know, there's so much pressure on these elite athletes that they feel quite ashamed when something doesn't, you know, there's so much pressure on them because, you know, at the end of the day, they have a very short career compared to professional working people. So if they don't win a race for five years, where's their money coming from? So, you know, they've got that, that added pressure of performance, but like, you know, what happens if they get injured? You know, do they lose their sponsors? Like there's all these things, these vulnerabilities that we're very scared to show as a brand. And, you know, uh, talking to our elite athletes this year, it's like, well, guys, if you're mentally drained because you've been training inside for six weeks and you've got no races, we want to show that because everyone is going through that. Every single person in the world is currently going through that. We want to show the vulnerabilities you have of not knowing that you're at the start line, not knowing what's going to happen. Because no, everyone goes, I'm at the start line, I've prepared, you know, bang, I'm tough, I'm ready to win. It's like, you have mental doubts, just like the person standing next to you or the age grouper that's lining up to race 30 minutes later. And as a brand, we want to tell more of those real stories to, to actually connect people and say, well, yeah, they're amazing athletes, but they have the same vulnerabilities that I do as a human being as well. Talk a little bit about that. Um, I hope I'm saying it right. Will uh, Gooch video? Yeah. Yep. That, that, that was powerful when I saw that. Um, beautifully, beautifully shot and done. Um, uh, and it's, it's kind of like, it's intense in, in the, what, he, what he was accomplishing in terms of just uh, an athletic feat. Mm. But I didn't really necessarily see him as a pro. He was just no. somebody who determined. And then the emotional narrative, you know, doing that uh, in memory of his mom and the, 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 the interior uh, life that he had about like, which way do you go when, yeah. you, when you deal with tragedy, you know? And I, I could have gone this way, but I went that way. And I, I just thought it was beautifully done. And to me, um, seems like a very rich interpretation of, of kind of your brand position. Yeah, it's funnily enough, I think if you look at the endurance sort of, you know, apart from those that are in a sport for, 20 or 30 years, those that sort of come to it, you know, in their mid twenties are probably drawn to it through a, a, a fork in the road in their life. And I think, you know, they're looking for a, an outlet that will enable them to not only focus, but to, to, you know, mentally sort of refresh. And, and I think, you know, it, it's no secret that, you know, you look at ultra marathoners, you look at um, ultra endurance athletes, many of them are drawn to the sport through, probably even out of necessity for focus and to, for clarity about, you know, their life or direction. And, you know, I think for, for Will, as you mentioned, he was at that point where, you know, he was dealing with grief and he was dealing with a, a poignant part of his life where he could have gone either way. He could have gone in a direction that, you know, may have ended up very tragic. And, yeah. you know, he 
he decided to commit to something, you know, he didn't set out to break any records. He just said, I'm going to do this for, so I've got a bigger purpose. And I think that's, you know, that it sort of connects nice and well to it, to our brand, because at the end of the day, you know, that bigger purpose is going to get you through, like no matter how much you hurt and going, you know what, I'm doing this for someone else. Like, and I think that's the, that's the crux of it that, you know, those tough moments when, you're mentally inside your own head for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day when you're exercising or doing something like that, you, you need something bigger to stand for because you are going to talk yourself out of doing it very quickly. And um, it's quite evident in that film that, you know, we all went through those stages very early on and, you know, continue to go through them during the whole run that he did. And, you know, the, the thing that got him through was knowing that he was doing this for something bigger and there was people out there that were relying on him and it wasn't just for him. And I think that, funnily enough, it's probably changed the direction of his life into, you know, looking at bigger challenges and actually knowing the impact he can have beyond himself. And I think that's, that's the power that, you know, we want to sort of portray as a brand and the people we partner with is like, no matter how small you think you are, you've got the ability to make a difference to so many people's lives. And, you know, that's the, that's the community sort of impact and positioning. And, you know, funnily enough, Will was actually did that without, you know, he was wearing our product without us actually approaching him. And it was after the event that we actually approached him. Um, you know, so it was a great brand endorsement, but, you know, now we're, we're sort of looking at him <laughs> for a partnership and because, you know, it's, it's those, it's those people that, you know, just go out and do stuff and, and get it done. And, you know, they don't sort of wait for, oh, I need this kind of partner to do it. Oh, it'd be great if I got this sports brand. He just went out and did it. And, you know, he had the help of his family and, you know, he had the help of, you know, people around him. And it's like, that's, that's so, you know, it takes a lot of guts to do that. But I think, you know, we saw the, the end result, as you said, that emotional um, outlay of, you know, just sort of like, oh, Okay, but yeah. you could see it in his eye, even when he finished, that something was ticking going, okay, this is just the start of something bigger. Yeah, yeah. And, and as a brand, it, it starts to inform how, how big of a space you could operate yeah. in if it comes to goal-oriented uh, perseverance, endurance. I mean, that, that you're talking about um, it doesn't always have to be athletic, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, because because but it's still it's it doesn't wander away from the core of what you are as a brand, you know, functionally, yeah. it doesn't it, it's not like a non sequitur. Um, so that that's interesting. It's a rich area. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, and I think it's, you know, we and it's probably, you know, sort of going against the grain of, you know, what we've done in the past. But, you know, we've always positioned our product as the reason why you perform that well, whereas the end of the day even if you're an elite athlete you still have to put the work in you still have to do the work you still have to get up every day like it's not it's not like you put on a pair of running shoes or running tights and you automatically become better yeah it might give you motivation but you still have to get out there and do it and it's like you still have to celebrate little finish lines and i think that's for us we want to become i guess that platform to inspire people to to chase whatever it is whether it be athletic whether it be making a change in your society or community or whether it be, you know, um, 
pushing uh, a charitable or, or mental organize, mental health organisation that you want to partner with, or, you know, we, we want to be the brand that, you know, is the platform to enable you to do that. Not the reason why, but the platform, because at the end of the day, as I said, it, it requires motivation within yourself to go out and do it. One thing that I was thinking of, Luke, and I was going to ask you, how much of your product, how much is that is like, uh, uh, going over to other disciplines in sports. Like, um, mm. look, I see like someone like LeBron James wearing like mm. pressure, uh, pressure yeah. sleeves and stuff. Yeah. How, mu how, much it, how much is that becoming like a demand or other sports are starting to take notice? Yeah, so, so we, we have, um, as, as I mentioned, like, you know, the, the brand sort of was born out of endurance, like especially triathlon, you know, there, there was a gap in the market and then it moved to more broader compression sportswear and, you know, when you say compression sportswear, we, we do have specific running and training models, but they are cross sport. So, you know, each country has, or each region has different team sports that we, you know, we um, sort of partner with, whether it be an athlete or different teams, because, you know, the benefits of compression wear from a, not only a performance standpoint, but recovery standpoint, you know, the, the evidence is there, you know, like compression, you know, increases blood flow, gets more blood to your muscles, which allows you to perform better, recover faster, prepare better. So it's this whole cycle of, doesn't matter what sport you're in, it's about preparing, performing, recovering, repeat. You know, that's at the basis, that's what any, you know, even if you're an everyday Joe, it's just like, well, I've got to run tomorrow morning, so I'm going to go to bed early, prepare. You know, are my muscles recovered? You know, like, and it's, that's the basis of any performance. So compression apparel, um, that we produce, you know, while it may be marketed directly to endurance running and, and sort of gym training, it, it is so cross-functional um, that because it's born on those three bases that it allows you to wear it for team sports. And, you know, especially when you look at something like, you know, uh, pro sports, how much travel they do, so much, so much air travel, so much downtime where they're not moving and, you know, flight socks, flight recovery, uh, compression, you know, like all these things allow them to, you know, little one percenters that allow them to recover quicker, but also prepare better. So there's this huge crossover um, of our product, um, which is great because, you know, like we, we do operate in quite a niche market when it comes to triathlon. It's still a very small sport. It is a global sport, but it is still very small compared to your global sports like, you know, football slash soccer, basketball, um, and these, these bigger global team sports that, that sort of have much higher participation rates. So, it is important for us to have that in the back of our mind from a, a product standpoint going, yes, we may target runners, but, you know, if the football player that's doing pre-season knows that he's going to do a bit of running, we want our brand to be the first brand he thinks of. And, you know, recovery, it's like, well, I get, you know, two times your recovery tights because they're the best. Or, you know, I've got some gym training to do, so I get the gym gear. So it does cross over quite a bit. Let's do this. We have about 15 more minutes on the call, and of course, we can we can take longer, but uh, yeah. to you know, be respectful of your time <laughs> <laughs> or less. Yes, if you, yeah, yeah. If, if it's game boring, you can definitely just say, guys, thank you very much. Um, no, uh, what I did want to what I did want to do is I, I kind of wanted to shift a little bit. We we talked about what we know, right? We've yeah. talked about the past. We, we we've talked about the vision. I yeah. I want to know a little bit what 
you know, what keeps you up at night? What questions <laughs> are do you have besides the obvious? You know what I mean? So I'd love, I'd love to hear hear your questions on that. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of things keep me up at night. Um, you know, I think for me the the biggest one is knowing, and it, it comes back to what we talked about, knowing that us as a brand have an opportunity that's bigger than a commercial one. Like, you know, for me, it, it, it's it's knowing that we may, you know, like we, we don't make the most of that opportunity to make a difference to society. That's, that's the big one that keeps me up. Like it's, you know, we can develop great product, we can, you know, sell great product, but at the end of the day, we've got an opportunity to make a, a, a fundamental change in society. And if we don't do that, I feel like we've failed. And, you know, I look at brands that, you know, and it, it's no secret, you look at a brand like Patagonia, you know, and the way that that relentless drive to make a change is just so, it's refreshing, but it's also just so invigorating and motivational for me because I see the chance for a small brand from Australia that's, you know, far away from the rest of the world has this opportunity to make a, a global change. And, you know, you might say, oh, well, you know, Nike, Adidas, they're not doing it. It's, well, we're smaller, we're more nimble. We can utilize, you know, an endurance sport to, to make that change. And, you know, if they jump on the bandwagon, great, but we can, we can know that fundamentally we were a big part of making that change. And I, I think that's the biggest thing that keeps me up at night, knowing that, you know, balancing obviously commercial targets, which is the reality, um, but relentlessly driving that opportunity to make that bigger purpose and, and that bigger change is probably the bigger one because it's, it's defined balance because, you know, many brands go through it and, you know, you, you have these pressures from, and they're, they're, they're a reality, you know, we're private equity backed. So you have those pressures to, to commercially perform, but knowing that if you have this bigger impact and purpose driving you and you start to see it, the commercial goals will take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really hard to commit to that because, you know, it's very, unfortunately the world, especially the last six months, we're still very short-term focused because everyone is just mm-hmm. worried. You know, the uncertainty of the world ahead is, you know, no one knows what the next six months is going to be like. No one knows what the next 12 months is going to be like. So it's really hard to, to set a course like this and commit to it. But if you don't, that that's what worries me. You know, that's probably the biggest thing going, you know what, in 12 months of time, if I look back and we didn't stay true to this purpose, um, I feel like we failed. Hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a good pressure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, but I mean, yeah, well, 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 some, 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 you know, some people look at you and go, oh, you want to change the world. It's like, yeah, why not? Like, you know, you, why, why dream small? Why, why not dream right. big? We might not change, you know, everyone, but if we see, you know, participation rates go up in triathlon, if we see obesity rates go down, yeah, we can't directly connect that to our brand, but that's what we're trying to do. So if we yeah. see that over two to three years, then great. But why, why not aim bigger? Why, why sort of think of these small goals? Because I think, as you said, the, the internet and you know, sort of global marketplaces that allows you to create that change as a brand, no, no matter how big or small you are. Yeah, if you're big and got massive marketing dollars, you can probably push your message out much easier, but 
there's no, you can make a, a bigger difference from a smaller community aspect just as much as a small brand. So think big. I think that's the thing. Like, you know, just think beyond your immediate market and, and keep that as that sort of North Star that's driving you. Yeah, no, we're, we're right with you on that. The wisdom of that is, um, is that not just that you catch more people up in your narrative, um, you know, not, not just, not just, uh, uh, endurance athletes, but, but more people, but you also internally catch your workforce, um, mm. in that yeah. narrative and, and, you know, pretty much, I mean, the statistics bear out that like two thirds or more of people working don't, don't really know. They couldn't tell you the vision of yeah. their work and, and, yeah. and so, so jobs, for most people, jobs are too small to steal yeah, a yeah. line or stud circle. Like you wither under the smallness of your work. And so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's it's funny you say that. I think um, I, you know, when it, probably the first week I started at Two Times View, I asked different departments, you know, why do you come to work? And I probably got 20 different answers. Sure. And, you know, I, I, I before this, <laughs> I worked for a, I worked for a brand that obviously being founder led uh, in Rafa you knew exactly why you're at work. You know, everyone, no matter what department, it was to make road cycling the most popular sport in the world. You know, that that's that's front and center of why RAFA exists. And it's just like, you know, it, it's again, it's standing for that bigger purpose. You want everyone coming to work going, whether you work in finance, whether you work in sales, whether you work in product, whether you're in the warehouse, to understand what difference you're making every day. You're not just, you know, packing an order. You're not just taking a phone call. You're actually driving the bigger purpose of the business. And it's vitally important that internally that is everyone is on the same page. And what, what's cool about that is, is I, I, I try to stay away from corporate jargon like hacks and all that, but, <laughs> but um, there's always something that happens. Like when you, yeah. when you were talking about Rafa, like, the, like to make cycling the, 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 the biggest sport in the world. There's an initial reaction that's I'm embarrassed for you because that's so. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. what what immediately comes in the in the wake of that is no, you could do that. Like yeah. it becomes plausible yeah. a half a second later. So there's always yeah. this weird jolt that happens, yeah. which I think is is true with all like lofty uh, goals that are worth pursuing, right? Yeah. So like like. Um, again when i came up to portland on the sas thing that was to to we we were gonna we were gonna fix healthcare. it's like mm. a, a SAS company <laughs> rehab but yeah, yeah. but once you put the pieces together it was yeah. plausible and it was exciting yeah. and and it enlivened it animated everybody that was working on it you know yeah. It's interesting too, because early on you brought up a statistic about uh, the younger demographic, and and mm. one of the things that is shocking, and it's 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 one of the many uh, kind of uh, anthropological uh, shifts uh, that are happening, and it 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 is kind of off under the radar right now because of all the garbage that we're preoccupied yeah. with in in America. <laughs> um, is uh, so so we know that in healthcare the biggest cost hands down bigger than cancer is lowered back pain mm. that's the biggest 
uh, tax on healthcare right now, the biggest cost. Um, and, and there's a bunch of other things that we could talk about around that, but that's a different podcast. But, um, and with baby boomers, which is the largest population bubble in the history of mankind, you know, moving into um, older age and getting hip and joint replacements and all that. So you've got the biggest population that are kind of taking the biggest cost to healthcare. Mm-hmm. And that's astounding. But what nobody's paying attention to is that right now, adolescents have a higher incidence of lower back pain than baby boomers. Mm-hmm. And that's largely because of tech neck mm-hmm. and being, you know, being inactive and looking at your device. Mm-hmm. And so there's an opportunity, really, if, if, if you're looking at two times you and says, we really want to improve the world and improve lives by having everybody be active somehow, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a big deal when you start to look at that statistic, which is just kind of germinating under the surface right now. But yeah. when that yeah. hits, that literally is going to be like a tsunami. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think you, you've you've really sort of nailed it there. Like, I think it's it, it's not it's not corporate jargon. It's it's not saying oh, you know, big audacious goal that's unattainable. It's actually just saying, well, no, we can make that change. We can actually do it. And you know, it's 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 scary because you know I, I grew up and we, I, I probably took being active for granted because you know we didn't have iPhones. We didn't have. You know, we had a computer, but it was very simple. But I spent, you know, eight, nine hours outside a day. You just ran yep. around with your friends. You re- rode your bike. You just, you know, you left in the morning, grabbed your lunch, and your parents said, be home before dinner. That was your yep. day. You know, you just did that. And the feral lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you sort of, I, I look back on it and go, wow, how lucky was I? Because yep. you look at these kids now and, and there's, you know, there is societal pressures on them. And... You know, there's pressures that I didn't have to face as a kid. Life was very simple for me. Like, you know, I just played sport. That's all I did. You know, that's, you know, but you look at these pressures and these, um, you know, societal changes that, you know, these kids, as you said, like not only from a physical standpoint, but I'm sure there's, I don't know, I don't know the statistics, but I'm sure if you look at the the adolescents that are in uh, mental health, like I'm sure like, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that has a huge impact and it's like, well, how do we change that? Because, you know, life should be enjoyed and, and life, you know, is there for living. And, you know, we know that being active is a real key to that. So how do we, as a brand, as you said, make that change? Because you might think there, and you know, I definitely get reactions like people, you know, as you said, in the office, when I say, this is what we're going to do, people go, really? Us? We can make that change? And I'm like, yeah, we can. Like, <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, and once you get people, you know, I'm not saying it's a light bulb moment, moment that people go, I can get that. But once people understand that they come to work for that purpose, you, you automatically see an amazing shift in your culture and an amazing shift in, you know, the way you work and, and you know, why you work. And, and people start to go, you know, you look beyond it. And it's sort of those little those little sort of day-to-day things that troubled you probably don't trouble you as much. I'm not saying they go away. They probably don't trouble you as much because at the end of the day, you've got a bigger purpose and, you know, you're sort of going, well, you know what? I saw two kids out wearing my product today, you know, running around, you know, the park. And you're like, yeah, that makes me happy. 
So final question, if, if mm. I can even be granted this final question. Of course. Um, and I'm just kind of like impromptu in here. So if it's a terrible question, you can just tell me it's a terrible question. <laughs> um, so finish lines are everywhere, right? So what's, yeah. what's kind of the next, what's the next finish line for you guys? What is the next objective you're trying to cross? Wow. Um, there's so many, <laughs> and I, I think that that's the, you know, that, that's the sort of, that's the crux of it. It's like when you, when you have a big goal, like this is like, where do I start? You know, where, where do I, where do we start as a business? Because you, there's so many things you can do, but you can't do everything. Like, especially for us, it's like, well, you know, what, what's that initial finish line? I think it's, it, it's for us, it's, it's probably, it, it's ensuring that, you know, it's probably ensuring the fact that we start to understand the impact we can make uh, internally, because if we don't understand that internally, um, you know, there's no hope of us pushing it externally. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing for us. I think, you know, to, to as you said, Brian, that, that internal change, that internal mindset, you know, the, the power of your workforce is probably even more powerful than your brand because they've all got their own communities. They've all got their own families. And, you know, if people start to, you know, be invigorated at work and, and go, wow, I'm really proud of the place I work, you know, that, that's the brand in itself, you know, and I think that, you know, the people internally tell that brand story. So for, for us, that's probably the immediate finish line is to bring, uh, everyone internally on that journey. Um, and it, it's been, as I said, it's a challenge to try and do that remotely because normally you would have an internal, everyone get together, bang, mm -hmm. here it is, this is what it's about. It's like, well, okay, how do we do it in, externally? Like everyone's working from home and, you know, how do we bring them on that journey? So that, that's probably the first one. And then, you know, that, that, that hopefully would allow us to then tell that, that sort of movement a little bit easier externally. Mm -hmm. Cool. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. We 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 believe that you guys have a powerful brand that that, that could you know lead and, and be famous and make an impact. Yeah. So we're we're really excited about what you yeah, guys are. We're, we're rooting for you. We are. Yeah. Great. Great. <laughs> yes. the, more, the, yeah. the more people, the better. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, right. no, it's, been, it's been it's been great to chat, and I think um, you know some of the when when Alex sort of said, oh, you know, they want to talk about this. I'm like, oh, okay, I hope I don't ramble too much, but I think it's just been, <laughs> we you know, there, there's been, yeah, <laughs> but there's so there's 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 so many facets, and I think the last you know six months, not only as a marketer, but as just as a person, it's just sort of mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's you know, it's been as you said, no one has gone through this, so it's it's sort of forced you to take a look, but it's just so interesting talking to more people about it because then you, you solidify your vision because, you know, um, when you work from home, again, like an endurance athlete, you spend so many hours inside your own head and you go, are we doing the right thing? Is this the right path to go? And you're like, you know what, the more I talk about it and the more I understand it myself, I really reiterate that this is what, we, what we're here to do. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to talk, email us. Podcast at bemeaningful.co.